morning, K First. How are you guys doing today? Doing good? It's good to see faces, and I love seeing our families sitting together. I'm Pastor Carissa, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, and I'm the next-gen pastor here at K First. So what that means is I oversee birth through 18, the programs that we have, and I have the privilege and the honor of leading the next-gen team as they invest into the kids and the families here at K First. So most Sunday mornings you might hear my name and the kids will rush to the back. <laughs> and then we go down and the kids have their own program most weeks in which they learn and they grow in their faith. Um, so most Sundays you might hear my name but you might not often see my face. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, I would love to meet you after service. So please come over and say hello. And then where are the kids at? Can I hear from the kids? How are you guys doing? Good, oh good. I know it's a little, I know we're having to be with the adults. It's a little boring maybe, but I don't really think it's gonna be boring. I think you guys are gonna have a great time learning with your families and learning with the adults and you have those activity packets. And all year, the kids have been on a journey of going through the Bible. So last August, we started in Genesis and we were gonna work our way through the entirety of the Bible with the goal in mind that they would learn all of the big stories. And in each story that they learned, they were learning how God has his heart towards us individuals. And so the kids all year long have been working on a little project that we wanted to showcase today. So kids, are you guys ready? Oh, love it. I love it because I'm gonna need their help because we're gonna show you guys just how much these kids have learned this past year. And I want you adults to maybe quiz yourself and see if you know some of these stories and see just how much these kids have learned and it's totally okay to be impressed by what they've learned. So last August, we started, and if we could get that slide thrown up there, these pictures are gonna be, and our kids have colored these individual pictures, and we've been talking about it, and it's helped them to track where we are in the Bible, and it helps give a visual representation. So last August, we started a Genesis and creation, and we learned that God created the heavens and the earth, and in part of that was that God made humans, Adam and Eve. Now kids, did Adam and Eve make a good choice or a bad choice? bad choice. Yeah, they made kind of a bad choice. And then did God say, you know what? I'm done with people. They hurt me. I'm done. Did God give up on people? No, he didn't because God is a good God, right? And so he made a promise to a man whose name that starts with an A, but it's not Adam. It is on the screen if you need a little hint, but can anyone shout it out for me? Abraham. Abraham that's right. Abraham. And what we remember is kind of funny about Abraham's story is that God said that he was gonna give Abraham and his wife a child, but they didn't have the child until they were super old, right kids? And that kind of always made us laugh a little bit because it's interesting. And then we started talking about Joseph and Moses and David and Daniel. And through that, we learned that even though they had callings on their life that they knew, they faced some really hard things, right kids? It was not fun being sold to slaves, 
having people turn against you, having to face a giant, being trapped with lions. But God was faithful to his people, always. And then we learned about the prophets who began writing about a savior, but unlike any other savior at the time, this one was gonna be different because it was a baby. And who was that baby, kids? Baby Jesus. And we talked at Christmas about the miracle of baby Jesus. And then we learned how Jesus grew up and we laughed together when Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, left him in the temple. And he said, of course I'd be with my parents. What are you guys talking about? I'd be with my dad. Um, and so, and then we learned that Jesus started his ministry, right? And he performed miracles. And then he taught stories and we talked a lot about these stories, and we're gonna talk about two of them today. And the word starts with a P. Does anyone remember what the stories are called? Oh, prophets, close. The parables, that's right, Chloe, good job. The parables. We talked about all of those things, which was amazing. And we talked about how Jesus gathered his disciples and then we talked about the sad part of Jesus' life in which he died. And that's hard to understand as adults, and it's even harder for our children to understand, but we talked about what all that meant. But more importantly than Jesus' death is what we celebrate on Sunday, and it's that really big R word. Kids, do you remember what that is? Resurrection, good job guys. So we talked about that and how exciting the resurrection is and how that being possible made the way for us to be able to follow Christ today. And then additionally, if we can go to the next slide, we talked about how then Jesus ascended into heaven and we began to talk about the three parts of God that we had been learning about about God the Father in heaven, God the Son who is Jesus, and then the third part of God, which is God the? Holy Spirit. That is Chloe and Addie's absolute favorite. They love talking about the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit helped grow the first church. We talked also about how the Holy Spirit can help us to grow and how we can become more like Jesus each day. And that led us to talking about the churches that we attend and ones that we don't know about that are happening. Some meet at the beach, some meet in houses and others cathedrals and other places. We talked all about how church can look. And then those names on the side were the names of the kids that were present when we did this project. That's the names of the children in our church. Those are the names that I have the joy and the pleasure of leading through the Bible. So if you guys wanna give it up for the kids, they, they've done a lot of hard work this year, and I'm so proud of them. And actually, this past Sunday, we started on a new journey, and we're going back through the Bible and we're learning more about God, but this year we're shifting our focus and we're learning about characteristics and attributes of God and how we as individuals get to walk in that and we get to show others.
So I'm just so excited, um, but I would be lying if I said I did it all on my own. So I wanted to take just a moment to honor those serving on the Next Gen team. So if you serve in nursery, pre-K, or kids first, would you take a moment and just stand up? I know I'm kind of putting some of you on the spot, <laughs> but please stand up. And there are some that are not here today, but these are the faces and the people who weekly show up for the kids and the families here at K-First, and I'm so thankful for them. But I also wanted you to see that there weren't very many. And I'm asking today that you guys would begin to pray and ask God to open your heart to the idea of serving on the Next Gen team. Because I have dreams and I have plans for our families here at K-First and for the children of K-First, but I'm not gonna be able to do it all on my own. So on the screen is my goal for this next year, to see six new nursery workers, volunteers, four new pre-K and eight kids first. And all I'm asking today is that you think about it and you begin to pray about it. Send me an email if you have any questions. I'm more than willing just to grab coffee, get to know you, answer anything that you might have, because what I've learned in working with these kids is that they are so worth it. Their families are awesome. The kids are hilarious <laughs> and very honest. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie about that. They're very honest, which is a great thing, kids. Don't lose that honesty. And so I just ask you to consider helping us out. And then that is my, the end of my shameless plug. But, <laughs> but it's because, all because, these kids and their families are worth it. So today for our sermon, or my message, we're going through the questions Jesus asked. And we are in what I have now determined is my favorite chapter of the Bible. We're gonna be reading in Luke 15. And Luke 15 contains three parables that I hold close to my heart. It contains tokens of wisdom, and whenever I turn to this chapter of the Bible, it continually challenged me to become more like Christ every single day. It helps me remember God's heart for people. And so today we're gonna to be covering not one, but two of the questions that Jesus asked. I would like to say it's because I'm a bit of an overachiever, um, but that's really not the case. It's just these questions go hand in hand that to separate one from the other, I felt was doing a disservice. And so kids, for you and your mind, so you can see in that Bible timeline, we're gonna be talking about a parable, which was the stories Jesus taught while he was doing his ministry with his disciples, and he was walking around. And just a reminder that parables are the stories that Jesus used as a way to help people understand the Bible. So they were stories with big spiritual meanings, and that's really why I love parables, is because they have big meanings, and every time you return to them, you can get new and fresh ideas and revelation, and that is my prayer and my hope for all of us today, that we would come away 
from hearing about these parables with a new and fresh perspective, even if it's our first time hearing it or our hundredth time or our thousandth time hearing these parables. Would you guys pray with me? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to gather to worship you in community and to learn and grow in our understanding of who you are. God, today I ask that you help us to learn more about your heart for us and how we can become more like you. Amen. All right, if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 15, 1 through 10, we're going to read together the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so the questions today that we are going to be talking about are kind of long, but they are important. And so they are Jesus asking, which man of you, having 100 sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And then the second question is, or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? Jesus was telling these parables, and it's safe to assume that by the time he was telling these parables in his ministry, he was attracting a crowd wherever Jesus went. And so he was talking to a wide variety of people. There were Jews and Gentiles, there were men and women and even children in the midst. In his crowd, there were disciples, and in the text we read that there were also tax collectors and sinners. And tax collectors were seen as very bad individuals. They would cheat people out of money. And the sinners were just labeled that, just sinners. So we kind of understand that there's a big crowd. And in that crowd, there are also these people identified as Pharisees and scribes. 
And so the Pharisees and scribes were religious leaders at the time. And it's kind of interesting to kind of differentiate, but to help you out, so the scribes were law experts at the time. They were the ones that would write up land contracts, but they also transcribed the scriptures. They would write them out by hand. And then the Pharisees were a religious group at the time who adhered strongly to the written law, but they also believed very strongly in the oral law as well, in the traditions of the fathers. So scribes were often a part of the group of Pharisees, but not every Pharisee was a scribe. And this is gonna be important for you to remember later on in this message. So if you want to think about it this way, the main takeaway about knowing about the Pharisees and scribes is that these were very religious individuals. They viewed religion highly. But so our passage starts by noting that the Pharisees and scribes were talking amongst themselves, and it says that they were grumbling or they were complaining that Jesus allowed people like tax collectors and sinners around him and even more unimaginable than just allowing these sinners and tax collectors around him, he shared meals with them. He ate with them. He gave them time and space. And it's when Jesus heard this grumbling, and he knew what the Pharisees thought, and he knew what the scribes thought of the crowd that he had with him. He knew that they didn't approve. He knew that they were complaining and they, he knew that they were critiquing and criticizing the crowd that was with Jesus. And so he starts telling these parables. The first about a man and his lost sheep. And Jesus was using this analogy for specifically the men in the crowd. At that time, any man or boy that was listening would have known what this meant very personally they would have taken care of sheep or tended to their family sheep personally. So they would know the need and the desire to, even if you had 100 sheep, go and find that one that was lost. And furthermore, he said, and once you find that sheep, wouldn't you pick it up, throw it on your shoulders, and then call others to celebrate that you found what was so precious to you. And then Jesus comes with what feels like a heavy-handed zinger, and he says that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than there is over 99 righteous individuals who don't need to repent. And then, Jesus continues on, and he goes into a similar parable, but this time, instead of addressing the men in the crowd that were around him, he shifted, and he started talking to the women. And he used this analogy of a woman and a coin, because at the time, Jewish women were managing their household. So whether they had to pay their house workers, whatever they were doing, they were handling the money. So by using this language of a coin, he knew that every woman or girl in the crowd would understand 
how necessary it was to find that coin. And then Jesus says, you know, the same thing that he said with the men and the sheep. If you lost one of your 10 coins, you would get down, you would light a lamp, you would search all around, you would probably crawl on your hands and your knees until you found what was most precious to you. And then he said that there is joy in heaven when just one sinner repents. And there are many things that I love about parables in general, but what I love about these two specifically is they communicate two very strong truths about Jesus and his teachings. And the first is that Jesus wanted all to understand. Jesus was physically meeting the crowd of people where they were at, but whether they were a man, a woman, categorized as a tax collector, a sinner, a Pharisee, or a scribe, Jesus wanted everyone in his vicinity to be able to understand God's heart for them. Jesus used intentional language and common cultural understanding of the time to ensure that everyone who was listening knew how precious they were as an individual to God. And the second truth about Jesus is that he communicated God's heart for people. In an undignified search for a lost sheep, or an undignified search for a lost coin and a wild celebration. You see, you might be hearing this language or this parable for the first time today, or maybe it's not your first time hearing it, but it's my hope today that as a group, as a community, as a collective of people, that we would leave our time in this space together today confident in our identity as sheep or as coin to God. God is like the man who sought after his one lost sheep. And God is also like the woman who searched diligently for her coin. God is continually in pursuit of sheep and coin. It's gonna seem undignified at times. It, the search might leave him dirty, but it shows the extent of the love that God has for every one of us. Whether we're just realizing it now, or we've known it and we've lived in that joy, God searches for us. And then beyond just the search, he calls for a wild celebration because we are all precious to God. And so I hope today you know how loved you all are by God as an individual. And I don't wanna take away from that feeling because to get to the challenging part of this parable, you need to hold on to that identity as one of God's sheep and you need to hold on to that identity as one of God's coin. But there's a clear challenge to me when we read these parables, and it stood out to me as I began to ask, why is God asking these questions? He could have easily just told the parables by themselves, but why did he phrase it as a question? And that's when I turned 
to the Pharisees and the scribes. Jesus asks these questions because the Pharisees and the scribes in the crowd of people were criticizing and critiquing the crowd. They scoffed that Jesus even allowed such people near him. Tax collectors, gross. Sinners, absolutely not. Why is this man allowing this? But as I mentioned earlier for you all to remember about the Pharisees and scribes, these aren't the people that were against religion. These were the ones who were upholding the laws, the ones that God gave Moses. These were very religious individuals, but they got so caught up in their beliefs and their traditions that they failed to see what was in front of them. And what was in front of them was God with flesh, God in flesh. It was Jesus. Their perception of who God was was so far off that they missed the point. And the hard thing is, is today I see so many Christ followers falling into some of the same patterns as the Pharisees and the scribes. We are becoming concerned about the right way to follow Christ, holding people to a high standard. And what scares me is I feel like we're getting to the point where we are becoming the Pharisees and scribes, looking at the crowd that Jesus has around him, and we're saying, oh, ugh, they're just not getting it right. But luckily, there is a solution to not having the heart of a Pharisee and not having the heart of a scribe. And that's to remember and to reflect on the first time that it really sank into your heart, your identity as a sheep or your identity as a coin. Because I feel it's often easy to take on the identity as a sheep or the identity as a coin, but as we grow in our faith, it's sometimes hard to accept that other people are just as much of a sheep and that other people are just as much of a coin because they live differently than you, because they talk differently. They listen to music that you would never listen to. They watch shows and movies that you would never let near your life. We are so quick to read about the scribes and the Pharisees in the Bible, and we're quick to say, oh yeah, they got it so, so wrong. I know I've found myself being like, man, if Jesus was in front of me walking and I had access to him in the flesh, I would have gotten it all right, right? It's easy to point to the Pharisees and scribes and say, oh, they did it so, so wrong. And yet we seldom hold a mirror to ourselves and reflect in ways in which we are taking on the heart of Pharisees and the heart of the scribes. But honestly, church, if we took a remote moment and remembered the time that we first came to Christ and we humbly asked God for forgiveness, he is faithful to show up. He is faithful to meet you where you're at. 
if we remember where we started and we allowed compassion and remembrance of who we once were, there would be less Pharisee and scribe hearts among us. Because these parables are very specific. We are called to celebrate anytime a sheep or coin is found. Even if the sheep doesn't look like you. Even if the coin is dirtier than what you might expect. We are called to celebrate. And I don't know about you, but I never wanna find myself in the place that the Pharisee and scribes were at, where I become critical of those who find themselves at the feet of Jesus. And maybe today, you might have realized that maybe you have a little bit of a Pharisee or a scribe heart. Maybe you're holding people to a standard and celebrating that God delights in them just as he delights in you. And if you find yourself as more of a Pharisee or scribe today, I'd encourage you to turn towards God. Ask that his grace and his mercy would cover you ask that he would help remind you and help you to remember when you first realized that you were a sheep and that you were a coin. Because as freely as we were given that gift, we are supposed to freely extend that gift. Ask God to help you extend that gift to others Ask him to partner with you. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be with me today that I might not be like the Pharisees and scribes holding others to a religious standard instead of celebrating the joy that your sheep and your coin have found who you are. Because what I know to be true of God is that his love is vast, his mercy is deep, and his grace has no limits. So when we approach the Father with a humble heart and say, you know what, God, I think I messed up. I think in these parables and in these stories, maybe I look more like a scribe or a Pharisee. If we turn to him and confess that, repent, and we say that, his love covers us as it always does. And once we experience that love and that covering, it's easy to remember that I'm a sheep and I'm a coin just as much as they are sheep and they are coin to God. So maybe today you heard for the first time just how valuable you are to God. Maybe the, the realization that God is like a man seeking after a sheep or a woman looking for her lost coin. Maybe for some of you that's the first time or just hit deeper in your heart and this is a new realization, I'd encourage you today to share that. Share that with a family member that's with you today, a friend, someone sitting around you. Please find the pastors after and share that with us. You know why? Because we want to celebrate. We wanna join in heaven's celebration and we wanna join in the joy amongst the angels that you have taken on this identity as sheep and this identity as coin. Or maybe today you realize maybe you're a little bit more like a Pharisee or a scribe. 
again, turn to God. Ask him and ask the Holy Spirit to come and to meet you where you're at and begin to speak into your life and help you and guide you because God is faithful to do so. Because the goal is to follow Jesus every day of our lives. As Christians, as those who have decided to follow Christ, we wake up and we say, today I'm gonna be a little bit better than yesterday. Or those moments that happen when we might mess up it just takes one simple shift of our hearts. Say, God, I'm so sorry I messed up. Holy Spirit, be with me. And again, God is faithful. God is so faithful. So on your way in, you should have been given or picked up a little sheet of paper that contained two prayers. If you didn't get it, they are back on the pub tables. And right now we're gonna go into just some time. Pastor Olivia is gonna continue to pray. And I want you to reflect upon the parables and reflect upon your life. Examine yourself and see where you find yourself. Are you reveling in the joy and the identity of realizing that you're a sheep and you're a coin? Or are you taking a moment between you and God and asking for a change in heart? Those prayers are just simple and they're written out and you can read them or you don't have to read them. You can just have a conversation with God, but just take a moment and invite the Lord into this space. Invite him to speak to your life Families, I'd encourage you to circle up if you need to stand up and make your way to the back so you can talk in little circles. That's more than okay. Or if you need to find a little bit of space in here for the next few moments, I just want you to question and ask God where you fall in these parables. And may the prayers be comfort to you. And in few minutes, Pastor Dave's going to come up and we're going to close out today. But again, it's my hope and it was my prayer that today every single one of you would be reminded how precious you are to God and how wonderful his grace and mercy and love is.